You're a crazy guy. I've seen you perform some highly questionable acts. What? <laughs> but are you crazy enough <laughs> to make a movie in a week? Oh, uh, okay. So you, you sly dog. You. <laughs> that's, how I wanted, that's how I chose to let into that. Yeah, that was... I had no idea where you were going. It was really I good. thought maybe we'd talk today about what it's like to make a movie in a week. Yeah, man. Because I feel like we both have a lot of experience with making movies in a week. Um, and I thought maybe we could talk about what we've done and how we've done it. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, there's a uh, film festival called Campus Movie Fest that goes around to a lot of colleges around the United States. And uh, the college in New Jersey, where we went, was one of them, luckily. And it uh, basically their whole uh, their whole festival is set up for um, college students to get experience, you know, doing short films. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to do a five minute short film within the span of a week. And they have gear that you can rent from them free of charge. It's a really really cool competition. Thousands of people around the country do it, and it's it's really fun and collaborative and a great way to really get started making short films because that's where I think both of us really it's, started. In a, in a way, my first experience with making short five-minute movies came from CMF. Right. So I've even seen um, a lot of 48-hour film festivals yeah. that are even shorter. And um, me now looking back on, on things is like time-sensitive projects usually come out being like the best. Yeah. <laughs> because pressure makes diamonds, they say, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like totally true. It's crazy how how if you just have unlimited time to work on things... It feels like it feels like one. It's never gonna get done. Yeah, and it's never gonna be the best it can be, which which nothing really ever is. And it's kind of the point of like, right? You can keep working yeah, on it forever. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And most of us would because we're so creative, you know. Right. And perfectionists. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> so that has a lot to do with like why projects take a long yeah. time too. Um, but I thought maybe we could talk about if you have, if you're given a movie or you're given not a movie. <laughs> you're given the, I'd love to be given a movie. <laughs> you're, given here you the, go. <laughs> you're given the task of here you go. Here's a camera right. that we're gonna give you. Make anything you want that has to be five minutes and you only have a week to do it. Where, where do you even begin to process that? Where do you where's where, where's step one? Where do you begin? How do you write this thing and not make it too big? Right. It's like forget first of all, it, it can't take you more than a week to shoot and edit and polish and deliver. But then also, it has to be under five minutes. Mm -hmm. So two huge time constraints right off the right off the bat. Usually, usually, what always happens, even back when we were doing that film festival, is it works out so much better when you have everyone in the same room. Yes. For some reason, digitally or over the phone, it just doesn't work. I agree. And I think it has a lot to do with like body language and just being able to play off of each other so naturally right. so that there's no like lag between what you're saying and there's nothing interrupting that creative flow because once you get on a roll you're on a roll you know and you and you start playing off of each other so i think that's the most important thing getting, is, is getting, getting together yeah getting a group of people together in the same room and you know first, and make the time to yeah. you know be committed to coming up with ideas 99% of the time, all your ideas are probably, you know, garbage. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's the, that's the... That's the point. That's the point. You that's that's the progression right. because, you know, sometimes two, two weird ideas make a good idea. And, and you, know, you know, I think everyone's kind of familiar with that process um, to some degree. 
But what's the most fun about it is when you have that idea that someone else reads in a different way. You gotta and like takes it a different direction. You gotta fill up yeah. that that idea pool. Yeah. And sometimes you pee in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, that, that's all my analogy. I'll I'll put it like this: Whenever I have even an inkling of an idea, mm. I write it down in this giant Google Doc. You know, yes. we have that we need to share with everyone. Ideas. This Google this doc is like a mile long now, and it's mm. just one sentence ideas that are either like completely terrible. But we write it down anyway. It could be complete nonsense. Yeah. And just recently, as an example, if you don't know if you were going to go there, but yeah. just recently, as an example, you had two, what you could say, two nonsensical ideas that were just like, that could be cool. Well, one that actually came to fruition. What, here, here's a great example of just an abstract idea that I had one day. I don't know why I was thinking about these old, uh, these 90s music videos mm. where um, I can't even remember, but y- you know the vibe of like Alicia Keys or someone like, on the beach with a grand piano, like yeah. getting rolled in the waves and yeah. stuff. And I was like, geez, I haven't seen one. I think that was a strictly 90s thing because I haven't seen that. And so, you know, it's, it's almost like a parody of itself now. Being in the middle like, of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a desert. Yeah, with, yeah. with yeah. Specifically, I remember the, a lot of people did the beach thing. And it looked cool because you're putting something that's not supposed to be there, there, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what's funny about it. So I wrote down this idea that was just... What's something that like really wouldn't belong on a beach, like a grandfather clock? And I was like, oh, perfect. And so I just wrote down on the, on the Google Doc, grandfather clock on a beach at sunrise. And I was like, well, there you go. There you and, go. Then, and then it didn't get touched for like six months or something. Right. And then I gave it to, what we wound up sharing the doc with a bunch of people. And our buddy Andy saw the idea and came up with an entire backstory off of it. Just based, it's like a prompt, you know? Just, you know those prompts you used right. to get on, on standardized tests? It's exactly that. And that's what happens when you, like, share ideas with people. Is they will take it in ways that you... They will interpret it differently, yeah, yeah. That you didn't even expect. And it wound up being an entire short film that's still not finished for us, but it's um, it's looking like it's going to be really cool. So, yeah, it's stuff like that, man. It's It's really fun. That's where you would begin. You'd begin by having everybody come together and whether you're writing things down and sharing it or you write stuff down prior and you share it with each other or you come together and just start spitballing ideas at each other until right. until something sticks or until something things are combined together in a way where the whole room feels good about it. Right. And then once you have that idea that the whole room feels good about, then you take that and do what? Well, I mean, I have a couple more things to say about... Oh, sure. about uh I was just going through last night. I was like, "What? what's really our process when you break it down? I think we kind of just felt out, like, the process. It's not really, like, a defined thing. It's very organic the way that we do things, at least. You know, we, we do formalize things a little bit together because we actually go and meet up and, like, have a writer's room and have, like, a writer's meeting. Yes. Even though all of us aren't really writers. But this is one thing I want to touch on is almost all of our movies, except for the very first one we did back in college, we've had the actors be a big part of pre-production. I was saying this last week, mm. too, um, because I, I will admit for sure that I cannot write convincing dialogue. <laughs> it is by far my weakest thing. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah, you feel the same way. About your dialogue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, about my own dialogue. It's hard. Um, screw you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 
it's really tough. And a, and a lot of the actors that we, that we work with, including you, have have just a better sense of what sounds natural and um, what, what's a natural progression of story, which I think is really helpful. And I think it's because you, you, you embody the characters a lot. You know, and I think that helps. Whereas I'm more distanced and don't necessarily see things the way they are naturally. I see them in that a cinematic way in my head. Right. But without filling in all the gaps of like what sound what would sound good. So that that that's one thing about that. And then um Well that yeah. I like too, because when we do because I have doing this recently too with uh with Jackie, but I'm she's heavily involved in it and she's involved in the serial killer idea too mm-hmm. because having the actor involved in the pre production process, because you're developing the character, you're trying to help develop the character and like the role's already cast it. We know this person's gonna play the character. So they're already in on it. I'm trying to help develop the movie and to help develop the character in a, in a way that either they feel they can strongly play in a certain way or whatever. One thing I wanted I to know. say too is Helps that develop it. last week, one one of the things we didn't do very well was explaining who, who these people oh, are. Oh yeah, we just throw names, <laughs> at, we just throw names out. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, mean, I mean, it's pretty easy just to, just to talk about. In the video. What? There's a little square diet with a... What about text. the people who are listening, Mike? Oh, <laughs> screw them! Yes, <laughs> you know. Check us out on YouTube. Audio platform. <laughs> um, Jackie is from TCNJ, and she's our actress that we work with frequently. Mm-hmm. What? The corner yeah. felt like a mouse. Or shit. <laughs> there are cave crickets down here. Oh, what? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we did have them like three years ago. Yeah, those are big. Right? Yeah, they suck, As dude. Suckers, yeah. Yeah. I never found one, but I, I heard my dad find Did one. Kit one eat, attack them? No, no, it was before her, actually. Oh, so it was, it was probably more like four or five years. Oh, uh, but your preference? Kit is uh, Chris's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and no. she and she attacked Cave Crickets. No. Kit Kit is my cat. But not because Kit Kat, which everyone says. It's because of It's just because my mom used to just call her kitten because she was a gift to her and we're like mom what are you gonna name her and she's like i'm just gonna call her kitten and we're like well that's pretty demeaning and generic but okay (laughs) (laughs) just roast your mom like yeah (laughs) i'm just joking just joking mom um i don't think she's gonna listen to this (laughs) anyway what were we talking about the pre-production okay yeah okay well I i wanted to say one more thing about that one other thing that I think could be is, is interesting and that I think a lot of people have trouble with that I still have trouble with is when you're when you're trying to tell a story, mm. I think the tendency definitely for me, and I, I've heard a lot of people that the same the same struggle of like, I know how to start, but I have no idea where I want to end up. And it's like, yeah, Some people are the opposite stuff too. goes goes that way a lot of times. Yeah. But I think one thing that's sometimes helpful is knowing where you want to go first and finding out a way to get there. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of traditional, you know, writers will say. When I come up with the yeah. uh action choreography, a lot of the times I know the ending or I have an I have a right. better idea of the outcome. Yeah, I'm just talking and conceptually. Conceptually, you know. No, no, yeah. no, I'm sorry, not even conceptually. I'm just talking uh like emotionally. Oh. Like what's the what's the point, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. Of like you know, we, we tell a story, and it usually have some kind of moral you can draw from from what's going on. So if if that 
if that doesn't happen or it happens in reverse, it can sometimes get messy. But it's just a different way to think about things. You know, yeah. w- no matter which side of the fence you're on, if your tendency is to like have endings and those, you know, try thinking about it the other way around and see where that gets you. Mm, that's yeah. good idea. So I just wanted to bring that up. Have you ever done storyboards for any of your stuff? I can't draw. Well, and yeah, I know that, and I know you don't need to draw to your story. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I have done very interestingly detailed shot lists. Yeah. So, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I haven't storyboarded it. I found that I wasn't able to communicate what I was trying to say through my storyboard because what I would do, I would write, a, I would create a shot list, and I would, I would be able to explain that to whoever the DP was. And be able to explain that to the people involved, and I I would basically be telling my my future self what I'm thinking, and that's how I would go about it, and that's how I'd be able to translate what's in my head. Well, yeah, that's interesting because same thing. I can't draw. <laughs> Why is that just a theme among anyone who holds know. a camera? Just, we just can't draw. Can't draw. No, I'm horrific. I wonder. No, I wonder really, who would lose. If you, we... <laughs> I would. Was there a loser? Because I would. I would not win. <laughs> we we should do one time. We should do like a, a draw for James gives us a prompt. Oh my and we god! Both... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to draw the scene. <laughs> be terrible. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even draw a scene from an existing movie even if I looked at the frame and then I had to draw <laughs> that frame. And draw it. Yeah. No. Same. Oh my god! Don't even get started. But I could describe it. I could yeah. describe yeah. the yeah. shit at lusciously. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lusciously. Lusciously. I write lusciously. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Anyway, again, you know, it's like everything. There are no freaking rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good thing and a bad thing because it's like sometimes you just don't know what to do. But I think what's, you know, you just do what's, what's easiest for you. And depending on the size crew you're working with, you know, there might be a better way to do it or, or not. But... I mean, you don't have to do storyboards. No. I mean, I, I looked up just just for some inspiration to see what other people in the industry did. And Scorsese said he just likes to scribble stuff out. Like, he's not a good drawer. I like to scribble, stick scribble, I like to scribble you know? on, the, uh, on the script. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that too. And uh, we all know Warner Herzog's stance on storyboards. I love Warner Herzog. Do you, do you know what he says about storyboards? No, but I, I think love he him. says like they love hinder creativity or something. Because they, they tie you down to stuff. Not even logistically. Yeah. Like creatively. Creative. Like once you have an idea in your head, he's like, no, 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 no. Like have a clean slate always so that ideas can come to you and you're not, you don't have a predisposition to go one way or the other while you're on shot. Like while you're on set. Which is like, I don't know. He's, he's an interesting character. So you can yeah, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But I mean, basically it's, it's whatever comes naturally to you. I'm the same way as you are. I like to do very, very detailed shot lists. And I, I think at the very least, for any film, one week or one year should have some form of shot list because, you know, that can be the whole creative outline for, you know, the look you're going for. Yep. But it's also logistically important to yes. be able to schedule. Yes. Because, yeah, well, there's lighting setups and there's setups that are specific for lenses, and you want to do, you want to try to do those at the same time, so that you don't have to do a shot, switch a lens, do a shot, switch a lens. You know, you want right. to group things together to to optimize time. I think it's important that when you're creating a movie in a short time span, that you you're you're writing your shot list 
but you're also writing it with the edit in mind where you're able right. to, you're, you're actually writing the flow of the movie through and through in your head as clearly and concisely as possible just so you can be more uh, efficient when you're shooting, I think is important. I know I understand what you're saying with like clumping things together when you're shooting coverage and you're shooting all your tights yeah, and your mediums. Exactly. And your, that's yeah, just yeah. logistics. And you're clumping yeah. this, yeah. That and means. that's something that is learned too. Back in our earliest short films, we had shot lists. They're not nearly as detailed or good as they are today because it's part of the learning process. But I think the only reason we started doing them was because our guys that we worked with that were above us mm. were doing it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess you do need that. <laughs> yeah. When we did our, our latest Star Wars movie, Havoc, there's a script, there's an outline, there's like what we had to do for the day. There's a certain, uh, the whole like flow of the movie was written out slash in my head. But it was basically, I had written the edit out of all the action of what's supposed to happen. But you and didn't it, know what the shots were. But I didn't know what the shots yeah, were. Yeah, because we made them up that Because we made them up that yeah. day. But for right, us, it's right. done intentionally yeah. that way. Same with when we did Nathan Danger. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's funny. I think a lot of people have that sense of, I talked to a lot of other DPs that, like you were saying, shoot with the edit in mind. And it's, I mean, for me, it's easy because I'm equal parts director of photography and editor. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of my stuff that I shoot, I also go and I edit. So when you're when you're shooting something, you're kind of three steps ahead in your mind of like yeah. you can kind of form like a mental library of what you have and you know even even though you know you're probably going to forget some things, you have the general structure of like is this going to work? And you can see it in your head. So I think a lot of people have that. And it's interesting because it really it really helps. And I think if, if you're someone who, who can't maybe see that as clear, clearly, I bet you people that you would, would work with would have some some sort of a sense for that. Well, yeah. I mean, in that case, if you can't see those things, then maybe most likely you're not. pick a different not... career. <laughs> I, I thought that's what you were going to say. No, quit the industry as entirely. No, I was going to say, then you're, then you're probably. If you can't see that, just leave. Just leave. <laughs> if you can't think that way. Like me and Chris, <laughs> you might as well just give up. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if you don't think that way, you probably don't have experience editing. And therefore, you probably Maybe. would yeah. be working with, I don't know. with an editor. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like then you'd probably be working with an editor who's going to be editing your movie. Well, anyway, it's good to think about that. You know, yeah. it's not just if a shot looks good. It's will it complement what came, what came before, before and what comes after or what comes after. Yeah, yeah. because that's what, f you know, flow is in a, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. When we do our fight stuff, you know, we oh, know it's exactly all it's all about like, the action stuff. Yeah. What just came before what's coming after? Yeah. Where are we? Where's the characters? Where's the action? Where do I need to be to capture this or that? And like to hear. Yeah, the, you always, oh, okay, you always point out those little things that I'll already have a shot in mind of of where to go next. And you'll be like, well, actually. Uh, this happens this way and I, I do a certain move with my left hand turned away from you. Right. And then I'll be like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we'll, we'll, then we'll figure it out. But like, usually that stuff is avoided ahead of time. But, well, I just explained that in one of the BTSs where I was like, I had to get to the other shoulder. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, the that's a great example, actually, where I was all set up to be on, to not break the 180 rule and mm -hmm. to be on this one plane of the fight. You said to me, as actually the first move of this next section of choreography happens on this side. And if you stay on the plane you're on, you're not going to see it. 
Well, if we just jump cut to Dan's right shoulder on the next thing, it's going to look funny mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about the edit. Yes. It's going to feel, that's the thing is it might not look bad, but it might feel bad. Right. You might lose people a little bit. So instead we came up with that move that comes across the shoulder so that it's a fluid, fluid moment. Um, I don't know, if, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can check out the Havoc BTS on Helium Turtle Studios. But um, okay, so this brings up another good thing I wanted to talk about actually. Not only did I want to talk about it, but I just, with these last couple of projects, have really been thinking about it, mm. of when we do the action stuff, it's really standard practice for me and you to shoot chronologically, usually, usually. except for some inserts, right? stuff like that. So not only does that help the actors stay in the same, and, and this is for action and drama, I think, not only does it help the actors have a really good understanding of the progression of the story, Mm-hmm. but camera wise you can do the edit in your head as yes. you go and get, which is what we've been doing with the action stuff and i was looking up like can you do that <laughs> like i mean i know we do it but is that normal but basically what i found in my in my research i don't know if it was fincher that likes to shoot chronologically one of the big directors likes to likes to no i feel like it would it would help uh, can you uh, james actually would you <laughs> would you can can you try and look that up? What? Actually, you know, while while we're on this, why don't you you want to just take a quick break? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I want I want to see what what this turns up. All right, we'll be right back. All right, so that's interesting. James just said, um, "The Shining" as well as E.T. Beautiful mind. Shut. A beautiful mind too, huh? That's an interesting one. Uh, it was written in two days. Is that what you said? No, uh, shot, no shot, chronologically. shot chronologically. Was, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, and, and to have you know Spielberg on that list—that's something. At the height of uh, summer blockbusters with ET, right? So that's pretty interesting. See, yeah, there's, yeah. there's something to I it. Think Ferris Bueller's Day Off as well. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, for the stuff we do, the action stuff, I think it definitely makes more sense. I think if we, if this was a bigger, you know, movie, obviously that entire film would be a scene. Yes. Which could be done out of order with other scenes. We did. So that's the big difference is scale. Yeah. Because um, we did shoot, I mean, we shot Havoc technically out of order because of availability of actors. That's so technically, technically true. Technically, we started yes. off with like, we started off in the middle of the movie with in a fight scene. But we, but we they were did very seg- everything yeah. was segmented and contained within itself. Uh, just the way I, div- yeah. just the way I divided up all the logistics of it. Well, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to point it out that um, that it's another one of those creative processes that can kind of be malleable, you know? I couldn't imagine shooting Date Night out of order. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Date Night was a short that we did where the first half of the film is, you know, very horror vibes. It's very dark. Mike's supposed to be a serial killer, and he's, you know, kidnapped Jackie and tied her up. The The story flips, and it winds up being a comedy because you find out that this is actually a couple doing some, like... Sexual crazy fantasy bondage fantasy stuff. I think it was easy for you guys to start in, like, especially for Jack, you know, she has to be, like, terrified and afraid. Yeah. And it's, like, to start with that, once you jump into the comedy, you guys feel the awkwardness more. Yeah. Of, like... Oh, definitely. Because you're coming from something so dark, and all of a sudden it's light. Whereas if you went from light to dark, it would be a little bit harder to get in the zone. It'd be harder for me, because I think in a, in a few times in the movie, I would try to jump back and forth between, like dark mic and then like mm-hmm. normal mic dark mic yeah and so collect all versions of mic today 
I got a holographic one. Holographic. Remember Dark holographic Mike? Pokemon cards? I remember. Yeah, I would have been. Uh, that would have been the Team Rocket Dark Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you, you used to have a Pokemon card collection. Oh my God! Yeah, I still have them. You still have yours? Yeah. So I'm I never. Kidding. They were. I never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We had a big book that we sold for like ten bucks. I'm I mad. Really? I had a yeah, a long yeah, time I had ago. A big ass, big ass binder. Yeah, few binders. Yeah, everyone had the binders. Yeah, I had binders, but I would never put the holograms in the binders. I put the holograms in, in hard <laughs> sleeves and put those in a tin. <laughs> I see. I collected Pokemon cards, but I never played Pokemon. Oh yeah, no, never no, played same. the game. Never yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. I was a collector too, but I played uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, James but was a big, big Yu-Gi-Oh. Played thing. Yu-Gi-Oh. I played a lot of Toys R Us tournaments. Yo. No Yu-Gi-Oh. kidding. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I, Loved you, yeah, dude. Yep. Me, me, and uh, Thor. Okay, his name's not actually Thor. It's Chris. It's another Chris, but we call but him. He has Thor. a he luscious like head of hair, beautiful blonde hair, yeah, and giant gorgeous muscles. Do you delicious. think if I say luscious again at some point in the podcast, we should like ring a bell or something? Luscious and lavish. Delicious. Lavish. Delicious. Did you say lavish before? I don't think I said. I think I just said luscious. Oh. I don't think I've ever said. <laughs> anyway, I've never said I've, lavish I've never in said my that. life. I've never said that word. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, you can't prove it. <laughs> I didn't see nothing. I didn't say nothing. You can't prove nothing. What's your kind of your process of like, where are we going to shoot this thing? Haha. <laughs> you walked right into my trap, Mike. Ah, uh, because that's your trap card. Yes. You, you activated my <laughs> trap card because that's exactly what I had next on my notes. Ah, oh, beautiful. So it's the next step. About to send you to the Shadow Realm, boy. All right, we got we to gotta, we gotta stop. <laughs> I just saw James give me a look out of the corner of his eye. He's like, fuck this stuff. All right, that's my, that's actually, that's like the extent of my Yu-Gi-Oh knowledge. I really I'm don't, not, I really don't know I'm anything not, else. I'm not. You're not mad at me? No, Good. As, as he boots up Duel Links. <laughs> <laughs> got him in the mood. Uh, James is playing video games now. Anyway. Yeah, what do I want to say about this? Okay. I mean, I think a lot of times with our stories, we just have crazy ideas and it's so hard to, with not a lot of money, try and like either make a set or, or find some, some place that's suitable. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, as long as you get the mood across, that's like one of the most important things, which has a lot to do with lighting. Um, we both know you can fake a lot of stuff with lighting. Um, even with date night, we just did, you know, that was in a garage. That was just in my garage. Yeah. And the way we lit it gave it that horror vibe because we blasted lights from outside the window, filled the place with smoke to make it look, you know, just creepier. And we got there. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of ways you can, you can use that to your advantage, especially on a budget. Yeah. It's taking what you have available to you but transforming it in ways and you took things away you transform the space without having to do construction on the space Mm -hmm. in a way by manipulating lighting by manipulating uh what's in the room and what's seen and what's not seen and then adding in your own Mm -hmm. elements unique elements that make it seem out of the ordinary you know you try to find something that adds character character exactly what it is to the room even a movie like date night where it's single location movie where you're not going anywhere that 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 set that you're in becomes a part of it's another character it's it's like the third character in the room Mm -hmm. um you know even you guys on date night finding those those chains to put around jackie's wrist (laughs) like finding things that 
you know, we didn't plan on using, but like, oh, this could be cool for this. That so you you turn the place into a character. You have the stuff hanging. You intentionally put the stuff into the window. Yeah, intentionally, intentionally put the chainsaw in the window. In the window, you, you, you dress it. You yeah. I think um, I think it's very interesting to hear all this stuff from you because my approach is completely different. Um, oh, beautiful. I <laughs> I, I don't know, but I just don't I don't think that way. I don't imagine. I like going out and finding and using locations or finding an interesting locations or, or going. To well, that's the other part of it. Yeah, yeah. that's what, when you have a story that requires yeah. something that you can't make. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I love going. You gotta go find it. Yeah, to go to go oh, find places. Yeah, and, and it's great. Yeah, you know a lot of a lot of times I've found is almost every time I've reached out to a business or you know wh- whoever was was the person in charge of that specific area, I I did it two, uh, a couple of times because for our first lightsaber film we did together. I got access to the roof of the science building. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which was like off limits for the longest time because people used to sneak up there and then they like really cracked down on it. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to sneak up there. Um, Is that a confession? Did you ever, did you, oh, come on. Everyone did it. That's why they shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do that? No. I don't, you never went to the roof of the science building? No. I didn't live, I didn't live did on James. Camp. I didn't yeah, live on Yeah, James camp. went. Hell yeah. Wow. Rebels. You guys are criminals. <laughs> anyway, you'll, you'll be surprised how, far just being nice to people gets you oh it's uh, like yeah it's incredible so i've had experience with using using restaurant using yeah an old museum Mm -hmm. an old mining museum i've done stuff in a diner yeah people surprise you man yeah if you just ask and are polite and just explain what you're what you want to do and what you're doing yeah if you can get them excited about wanting to shoot a movie in their location they get excited right back, Absolutely, and they're they're, yeah. they're very welcoming to it. I would say never, never just write off the possibility of using a location because you think they won't do it. There's no harm in in talking to somebody. The worst they're going to say is no. You right. know, I've had a lot of luck that way. Of I mean, even with the we did a short one time that was um, just a town over from me that had this really cool alleyway, and it was next to like a Wells Fargo bank. And like I was like, all right, I thought we we're gonna have trouble with that. And it was also next to a bakery, mm. which is like, all right, it's like a town bakery. I bet they'll be receptive. And you know, what did I have to do? I had to get in touch with the bakery uh, like two or three times to finally get through to someone who could help me. Who put me in touch with the landlord? Mm. Landlord put me in touch with like their son, and like I went through like three different people. By the time I got to the person that owned the place, they were like, yeah, go for it. Like, this sounds awesome. I'd, I'd be happy to help. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. And then I called the bank. <laughs> and I mean, what's funny about this is like our idea for, for that film was really abstract. Yeah. So you have to find a way to say it without sounding like a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fine line between like saying too much exactly, and like saying just enough. Or like, no. We are going to have people in costumes and like wearing these funny masks. And like it sounds ridiculous when you talk about it. So I didn't really say all that stuff. You're right. I said the minimum amount to get by and like make it still technically applicable to what we were doing. Um, I think it took a week, but they got back to me and they're like, yeah, as long as you don't show any branding, we're fine. And I was like, Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. And it's a piece of cake. So um, I haven't really done anything bigger than that. But, you know, it's to the point of, like, always reach out to people. because Yeah, always ask. Yeah. yeah, something about, uh, I think, one of the one of the five-minute movies that I did for CMF where I did a movie with our friend Natalie, who's also an actress. And I think we went to four different locations within that movie. My philosophy was like, oh, 
if you do a five minute movie that you have to do in a week and it has that movie has multiple scenes in multiple locations, it gives the grand illusion that it's a big it is bigger than what it is. It's true. Yeah. It feels yeah, I totally agree. Whether it feels longer. The first CMF I participated in, I I had gotten an award for production design. Mm-hmm. I feel like um it just gives the movie a bigger sense of scale. Never feels less contained, but then sometimes the more contained stuff feels yeah, tighter. Yeah, well, it depends on the content. I, depends on the I content. think you're right, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it does help give give more of that uh, more produced feeling. You yeah. know, if it's done if it's done well, you know, if it's done well. Yeah, you guys did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it for for locations. You know, it's just being being persistent and um, you know going after what you want with within reason. You know, yeah, there are cases you know where your idea you know is just too crazy and it's like well how do you know if your idea is too crazy how do well, you know in the no, process the, no 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 you have to bring it back to reality sometimes all i'm saying is doing that scale down you know what's the minimum we can get away with that mentality you yeah, know yeah. at this level you know if you don't have a funded project it's like you got to think realistically so well here's i mean here's, for the stars here's a question though is like Man, when you're, when you're contradicting myself. When you're, when you're, <laughs> be realistic. You know what I'm saying? Be realistic, but shoot for the you stars. You know what I'm saying? Though. Shoot for the stars first. Shoot for the stars, but realize you're gonna fall on your face. <laughs> well, no, because that's what like the idea sheet is. Yeah, is it's like wacky ideas, and then we come and it's like, all right, how can we make this an actual thing? Well, okay. My question, question was that when you're in that process, we shot everything. We have all the footage. We got the whole movie. We shot everything that we wrote down. We edit it together. Oh my God, it's seven minutes. Oh yeah. What the hell do we do? Happens every time. How'd that happen? But as we've gone on, uh, lightsaber movies that we do every every year, those have a time restriction too. The past two that we've done, we've gotten really good at the rough cut comes out to like five and a half minutes. Mm. And it's like, well, I think that's a lot. On, uh, wow. You, you, you ultimately decide that <laughs> that's, that's because of how long the choreography is. I'm just along for the ride on the camera. <laughs> but even then, it's like, well, how do you know when you're doing the choreography, how do you know how long it's going to be? Right. How do you know how long it's going to take? And, you know, for the for the shorts stuff, if you got a, a film festival you're entering where you're trying to hit that, you know, that five-minute mark, not only is it important for you to remember, you don't have to hit that five- or ten-minute mark, hmm. but sometimes it's better to, to do something smaller really well yeah than to do something bigger but have the quality drop yeah or finding a balance of that i've definitely had that feeling of like if we scaled this back and made it just a little simpler we could have done it way better you know because it would have there wouldn't have been as much to worry about so there are those times you know i'm talking just for this time constraint stuff right if you're just trying to do something within a week within a week within a 48 hours (laughs) simple but really well is the way to go, in my opinion. Like you did uh, Obsidian. Yeah. In one room with a guy sitting in a chair. And, and no dialogue. And no dialogue. <laughs> well, the other guy spoke, but... Um, no and no acting. <laughs> yeah, barely really any acting. No. Yeah. yeah, but we nailed the look. You nailed the look. Yeah. Right. Where I mean, that's a great example, though. Right. The other... We did two films that year. with the other film, yeah. The other one, Ryan and I agreed... Uh, Ryan, who's my roommate in film partner for the longest time we were just like we did too much we did we tackled too much mm-hmm. it, it was too complicated of a story to convey and it didn't have the impact that we wanted because of that which is fine you know it's it's, it's all an experiment but then you know we did something that 
completely was the opposite direction of like very, very minimal story with really high concept visuals. Mm-hmm. And it landed and it just worked. Sometimes that happens where you're like, what? Why does that work so much better? And it's like, you know, it's a, it has a lot to do with information processing. Right. And it's like, Simple how much can you take in before somebody breaks and they just, and they're just interested, you know? Yeah. So, um, simpler is better. Yeah. You, most of the time, Occam's razor, man. Yeah. I go by kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. When it comes down to making short films and planning out what you have and what you have to work with, I think when you're not given that weak time constraint, it's important to plan out the days of shooting, how long right. it's going to take for shooting, and this and that. However, when it came down to CMF, Campus Movie Fest, and it came down to you got to make this movie in a week, in those first two days, you kind of have to get everybody on board to essentially work nonstop for the next five days. Mm-hmm. You shoot for as long as it takes, you edit for as long as it takes, and then you don't sleep until it's due. There really is yeah, no... Yeah, that's pretty much it. There really is no... Well, because like, there's a difference between like, okay, how do you... Do you carefully plan out the week? Is well, you plan it to, to the best it? of your ability. Just your ability. You know? I mean, ultimately, with something like doing a short in a week, it's inevitably going to be chaos. If you do anything of that's mildly interesting, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to be chaos because it's just just so little time to, uh, like you're saying, coordinate and, uh, and get all the steps down. What was your experience um, like on the last uh, for ARC and Obsidian? What was your experience like that week? Well, actually, it's funny. For the first minute of that film, or minute, two minutes, it's set at the beach. And we didn't even know we were going to go to the beach until the day before. And then kind of the next day, we just all were kind of like, is everyone free today? Because we're just going to go to the beach and try and make this thing. <laughs> Thankfully, everyone was. Right, that's just how And works. yeah, the whole scene, it was supposed to be sunny, sunny day at the beach, you know. And we get to the beach, and not only is it cloudy, but the beach is foggy. It's like thick fog. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, well, now we're screwed. And then I took another look, and I was like, this might be even better, <laughs> you know? Right, you don't realize it Because we were going for the dream, dreamy vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's funny how unexpected stuff like that sometimes works to your advantage. So there's that side of it, too. And it wound up looking awesome. It's actually one of my... One of my favorite things we've shot was that first shot. Fun, uh, fun fact. Uh, I sorry, I, I have to say this yeah. while while I'm on it. The first shot of that film is a 180 degree pan uh, that starts up the beach, goes past the water, and to them. That was inspired by the first shot of Cowboys versus Aliens. The the horrible <laughs> movie with Daniel Craig. Yeah, <laughs> the first shot of the movie is really cool. Because they pan past the whole desert and stuff. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? Remember that movie, Cowboys vs. Aliens? That, and everyone no, probably said that no. no saw everyone probably that said no. Four, four years ago. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Anyway. Well, I was going to say there's a point to be made about what you just said. When you have something in your head and you, and you have, oh, we're going to go to the beach. It's going to be nice and sunny. We're going to do this. It needs, it needs to be this way. Mm. And you get there and it's not that way. And it's like, well, why did you all of a sudden click and like, oh my God, wait, this actually would be better. You could have easily just said, let's just go, uh, we can't do this, let's just go home. I got well, to yeah. figure it out. We, we got to do something else. We don't know. 
Can you explain? I think I don't know if it's just it's not just open mindedness. It's it's kind of like. And now you turn well, I mean, it's, that's, like that's, that's dumb luck that it wound up working that time. You know, it could have very easily been raining. You know, that we definitely wouldn't have been able to film in. That's what you do. You think? Do you? But no, you think that? No, I don't because we have camera equipment. <laughs> Nonsense! You put a thing over it. Yeah, well, uh, maybe that would have been a tough sell, though. Anyway, but um, still, the point of yeah, the point of like yeah, I mean. I think I mean I think it's partially an open mindedness. I mean I'm very go with the flow and just seeing what works. And with the with the stuff that you, that's so time sensitive, most of the stories that we did kind of had such a looseness to them that you could easily pivot and do something else very quickly. Hmm. Whereas something that you might have been producing for a longer time had too many elements that you would have had to change in order to be that loose with it. So I think that's uh, that's a big part of it for the small stuff. And, and then just not not being so tied to your vision, um, which I think comes easily again with, with stories that like you're not tied to because it's so recent. Have you ever run into location issues? A little, I mean, a little bit. So I mean, that, yeah. when we'd, uh, you know, very minor, because most of the time I scout the location before and know exactly where where everything fits in and where everything goes, especially when we do our action stuff. Even when I went to Union City and, and had a paid-for location and, like, an eight-hour paid day, three different days mm-hmm. shooting there. But I had gone there before. I went there actually with my cousin Matt and uh, Natalie, and we went there and we location scouted and we took photos. They showed us every little bit. And in my head, I had the movie. It's like, well, okay, this could go here, mm-hmm. this could go here, and then this could go to here, and like we could use this space for this thing. And then as I location scouted, then I would re- rewrite the movie again. I'd rewrite the movie, make it right. fit because then yeah, 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 to, to fit what you have to work with, re choreograph yeah, in a yeah. way and, and make it fit. And then I mean, I really haven't had any uh, location issues. Um, yeah. I probably have asbestos it's poisoning just, from one one or one or two places. Yeah, well, I probably have lung cancer from all the smoke we use. Yeah. <laughs> so. so besides killing ourselves, <laughs> um, suffer for your art. Yeah, people. that's what we do. Well, yeah, I think anyway. That's the that's the biggest points of of locations of you know having an open mind and uh, trying trying to make it work whenever possible. Yeah. So then once you have your location, then you then you edit the movie and then it's done, <laughs> and then you win the awards. That's what Chris did. We've both seen a lot of movies. What do you think is some of the most... How do I want to phrase this? It's a very specific way to Mm. say this that changes your answer depending on how I say it. Okay. Okay, I'll just say it like this. Yeah. What do you think are your some of your favorite, not even scenes, frames from movies that you've seen? <clears throat> and why and why yeah yeah so i i made a list of of ones for me so i'm prepared but i wanted to see what if you could think of even just like one that you really like doesn't even have to be your favorite i'm thinking of movies that i like and then running that movie yeah running from, stills of that movie yeah in my yeah head. But like what i did what, the same thing what are those stills yeah and the, and the reason i'm asking uh is because i think it gives um a lot of mine were based off of lighting. Oh, okay. And uh, not, not. I mean, I shouldn't say based off of lighting, but upon further evaluation in my mind, the reason I liked them was because of the specific lighting setups that were used to get that kind of look. 
And so I think it's uh, it's useful to talk about because, um, you know, I take that stuff in consideration when I'm making my own stuff. You know, you pull you pull reference or you, mm. you know, you kind of emulate what other people do because you like the way it looks. And, you know, now that we're a little bit more experienced, we kind of know how they got there. I think it might be fun for some other people to hear about what what our favorite uh, looking shots are. I think it's interesting why. that that, uh, that you, yours come from lighting. I think mine mine come from from blocking, either body positioning and like the kind of like, okay, for um, The Raid 2 mm-hmm. is a movie that I, I, I love and cherish. And what stands out to me most in that movie, and I, and I, but I don't know if it's because I've just seen it so many times that it, it's the thing that stands out, but I think it's beautiful, is that the final fight in the kitchen, uh, when the fight is beginning, the two fighters come together Mm-hmm. And put their hands together, which you reference, which we reference yeah. in one of our movies. <laughs> that's why I there you go. I, I, yeah. No, that's beautiful. But, I love that. Just that. That's still there. There's also there's a shot from when Bruce Lee fights Chuck Norris mm. in their fight. There is a the cat. I was gonna say the cat. You no? Were you was it that zooming on the cat? Yes. That's the thing that stands out. Because <laughs> because you showed me that. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's why I know what you're talking about. I I wouldn't know if you if you hadn't shown me. The cat. Yeah. So I feel like I stole your thunder. So sorry I'll about mo- that. I'll move on to another movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, there's there's certain frames that, that that yeah that do jump out at me, but it comes to me from the blocking. Yeah, I get. I totally get you know, that. Ra- yeah. You know, rather than like mm-hmm. the way the light is painted in, in the scene or the way or whatever mood it gives, it's kind of um the emotion of the character yeah. in that in the moment. Well, you That's have, great. Did you have examples? Yeah, I, I think of other examples. ones. You, you... All right, my first one, my go-to, it's the first thing I thought of, of like, what's what's my quintessential frame of like cinema? And it's the Vader fight from Empire Strikes Back when they both, you know, square each other up for the in, first time. In the yeah, fog. with the corridor yeah, in the yeah. background. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's just brilliant from a, uh, I mean, from a lighting standpoint, you've got silhouette. You've got the blue and the red contrasting, not just from the sabers. You got red foreground, blue background. Mm-hmm. So there's dimension that way, and it's just perspective is like out of this world with like the. I mean, haha, no pun intended. Um, with like the background and stuff, geometrically, it's just so interesting, and the fact that they're silhouetted and the only things that are moving mm-hmm. is like just so interesting to me. So that was one that really jumped out at me. I was like. Oh yeah, you can't beat that. Um, I actually looked up um, what a lot of other people said, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people say for the imagery is the end of the Truman Show with the stairs, which is funny because we were just talking about the Truman Show because this other short we're trying to do um, of how the stairs like have the clouds on them and stuff. Yes. So I thought that was cool. That's not one of my personal affairs, but a lot of a lot of other people said that. Interesting. One that's personal to me. What are your thoughts, my good sir, on the Speed Racer movie? The, have you the, have the, you seen the it? The new one? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Boo! All right, that's your homework. What are your thoughts? Um, it is near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm I'm on team super underrated, and okay. really well done. The end scene, I think, is like not only is it beautifully done, probably one of the best climaxes of a film I've ever seen. One of the best, almost, I would almost call it uh, a reprise, you know, like a reprise. Hmm. 
hitting the emotion of the film right on the head and the freaking lighting in all of those scenes is like basically just stuff you've never seen before and it's like it did it so well that i think it just freaked everyone out <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah but anyway that that last scene has a lot of great frames in it and for some reason it just gets me it gets you emotionally it gets me emotionally anyway that was one of my big ones it's my homework and uh um, homework is night's tale yeah yeah i thought about doing that for this week oh watching it and yeah. talking about it maybe we should oh do so that. for next week yeah. we should both watch yeah that could be fun well, that could be fun yeah each week oh yeah give each other a movie to watch because i have I, I probably have tons of like action stuff that you've yeah. probably never seen or weird movies yeah yeah for scenes that it's not for shots and or, or stills or frames that stand out it yeah has to do with they're all emotional blocking of or or mid-action everything i see is mid-action that's so cool see mid-action or, yeah you know that's so, awesome yeah because i think most of mine are still none of mine are still that's why when, i can't describe it because like they're not still they're like when i think yeah when i like, think when i think about it yeah it's like i picked i picked the star wars one because they're literally not moving and i that's what's so like yeah yeah <laughs> that's cool interesting see i knew this would be fun interesting anyway good job <laughs> great job <laughs> great job great job mike and i thought it'd be fun to um look at some of the comments on some of the uh you want to do some of the lightsaber stuff yeah let's do um do uh havoc or do, uh do havoc or omega they or have omega. most comments have you read i mean i wonder if there's any new stuff since you've read, because I know you keep pretty on top of that stuff. I keep well, on top of it. I don't keep on top of uh, replying to everybody. Two days ago. Two days ago. The fact that this duel is ten times better than the throne room fight in The Last Jedi blows my mind. Disney, get your shit together. <laughs> or start outsourcing to your skilled fan base. Yeah, because that's a good idea. <laughs> God knows they can do more than you do. Well, thank you, Tyler Kern. Or, yeah, Tyler Kern. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate it. I'm not really impressed. What's with the color choices? This kind of saber fighting while cool looking is impractical. Not a fight. I saw a lot of people talk about that, about how it's in a lot of opinions where that uh, it can get too flashy at sometimes. Yeah. Which I kind of get. I mean, you know, all the, all this stuff is is obviously up for interpretation. Um, and and he's you know he he gave us that it looked cool. I always consider the cool factor. Yeah. I've been considering it more and more. The later stuff that we've been doing things where I started off doing things like very trying to do very realistic and just like Well, I think you still have those fast. realistic moments. You still have those realistic moments, but you mix in like the cool factor and you kind of sacrifice realism for something that yeah. is a little cooler and that mm-hmm. looks cool visually. I mean, it comes down to you like it, it vibes with you or it doesn't vibe yeah. with you. Yeah, exactly. I, I noticed a couple people said some stuff like that. Like, it comes down to taste. Um, a lot of people talked about the... Oh, uh, I, th- I actually I think it's funny. The biggest um, thing that really divided a lot of people was some people loved like, oh, I'm making up my own story in my head of like why these kind of savage looking people have yeah like good guy lightsabers, and other people were just so traditionalist about it. They wanted to know why. Just that's wrong. They wanted yeah exactly. I found it that just, so interesting. Right, because some people got like pissed off about it. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, man, you gotta. Gotta take a step back. <laughs> like, yeah, they want it. They... Gee, maybe could there be a reason for this? And I think they just thought they just they had 
uh, not only did they have a preconception of what Star Wars is supposed to be, but um, they had just no no desire to take part in 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 thinking for themselves a little bit. Not at all. Which is hilarious. Um, it, it's like the people who need to be explained to, who need it all written yeah, out, exactly. or who you can be more vague with. And that's not that's not even like it's not an essential story element. No, it's like, not. Feel free to get mad at us if that actually mattered. Right. And was a was a plot point, aka some of the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like when it when it barely has any bearing on what's going on, it's like. And that's your biggest issue. And that's your biggest issue, exactly. So it's like you're, I found that funny. You're yeah. confused by the cat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't I comment on this one? In the first half, the camera work was pathetic. It was hard to watch. And Mike said, what about the second half? Did we, did we redeem ourselves? And they said, yeah. I was like, all right. So they just didn't. Oh, he said, yeah? Yeah. I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah. So they just didn't like the shaky cam. Oh, all right. See. Which I'm fine. I, like I said in the behind the scenes is I think we went just a, just a touch overboard on, on the shake. But I think it was only for 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And the rest is like normal. Yeah. He had no problem with the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we just didn't like that 20 seconds. That's good. The funny ones are obviously the ones that like. Are like stupid and like hate it for some reason, mm-hmm. um, but the majority are just like so supportive. It's it's cool to say, yeah, for sure. All right. Anyway, that was some of the comments on Havoc. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Do we know what we're talking about next week? Um. Well, we're gonna watch each other's movies. Are we gonna talk hopefully. about? Yeah, and then the French Revolution. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're gonna. Did you not expl- want to explain in detail the French Revolution? <laughs> I, When's the test? <laughs> Mike, Mike is acting like we talked about this. We did not talk about this. Yes, I think we should watch those. Movies. All right, all right, cool. So you'll watch, uh, you'll watch Speed Racer, and I'll watch A Nice Tale. Yeah. All right. We'll cool. talk about it. All right. Sounds like a plan. For more content, check out Helium Turtle Studios on YouTube, where we post our short films, video tutorials, and behind the scenes. <laughs>